Welcome to episode 102 of the TruthQuest podcast, the truth about the outrage culture. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as Abraham Lincoln, socialism in America, lessons learned from the coronavirus crisis, price gouging, or Joe Biden comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean.com, and most recently, ThinkSpot. The video version of the podcast are available on YouTube, BitChute.com, and Brighteon.com. If you are listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, please take a moment and scroll down on the podcast page and give it a five-star rating. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through Facebook and Twitter advertising. Until they kick me off Twitter, of course. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. Finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. As I record this episode, we are in the midst of riots, looting, and burning in several cities around the country, and I guess around the world too, supposedly in response to the death of George Lloyd at the hands of a police officer who sat with his knee on the handcuffed Lloyd's neck for nearly nine minutes during an arrest in Minneapolis. Lloyd eventually lost consciousness and died. Keep in mind, these riots are occurring many days after the event. They are occurring even though the police officers involved have been arrested. I'm going to make a big assumption for the purposes of presenting my thoughts here. That being, I'm going to claim to be speaking for the majority of Americans. And while I recognize that that will irritate many of you, please listen to the entire episode and by all means let me know if you disagree. My singular goal in producing this episode is to explain to those who do not understand why the majority of Americans do not share their outrage. Like why the majority of Americans do not feel compelled to spew the venom that has been on display not only in the aftermath of Lloyd's death, but many, many years before his murder. At the end of the day, what it comes down to is an obvious double standard by a minority of people. The herd mentality sets in. The desire by some to appear woke. The use of illogical emotional arguments with no facts with which to back them up. Scoffing and dismissiveness of people who do not think like you. The boy who cried wolf syndrome. In other words, you in the boisterous minority, you who wag your finger at the rest of us, you have quite a large credibility gap to overcome before the rest of us will even consider taking you seriously. Remember the axiom, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me? Well, you guys have been playing from the same playbook and fooling us for decades. I think we have been shamed enough. So let's get started. You will have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage because you spend so much time virtue signaling that we can't determine if your outrage is genuine or fake. You will have to forgive the majority of Americans who don't share your outrage when there are leaders and talking heads who say things like this while cities are literally burning. Quote, it's open season on African Americans. Or quote, being black in America should not be a death sentence. You will have to forgive the majority of Americans who don't fall for the corporate press and the National Democrats' obvious strategy to tar and feather and finger wag at the entire nation because of a local incident where cops acted badly and should be punished. You will have to forgive the majority of Americans for not sharing your outrage as you characterize rioting, looting, and burning of cities as peaceful protests 
and then you notch up the outrage when the police or National Guard attempt to suppress the rioting by questioning why is the military being called out to deal with peaceful rocks, bricks, frozen water bottles, and Molotov cocktail throwing, building burning, Facebook live executing, drive-by shooting, property destroying protesters. You will have to forgive the majority of Americans for not sharing your outrage as you refuse to acknowledge that three things can be true at once. One, current and historic racism is bad. Two, police brutality is bad. And three, rioting is bad. You will have to forgive the majority of Americans for not sharing your outrage, whereas on the one hand, you lump all cops into the Derek Chauvin bucket and demand that they examine their conscience, while on the other hand, you explain that the protesters should not be lumped into the same bucket as the rioters and the looters, because there's just a few bad apples in the crowd. You will have to forgive the majority of Americans for not sharing your outrage, as you never mentioned, nor protested on behalf of, nor performed a hashtag campaign for a dead man named Tony Timpa. Last name spelled T-I-M-P-A. Look it up. See how this gets confusing for people who are interested in getting to the truth? For those of you who are still not convinced, let me take you down a little trip through recent history to explain the credibility gap or double standard in more detail. You will have to forgive the majority of Americans for not sharing your outrage because you just spent two weeks mask shaming anyone who dared go out in public without one. And you posted memes all over social media with Forrest Gump saying, quote, And just like that, anti-abortion people became pro-choice, end quote. Because, of course, going back to work, getting the economy back to normal, was the equivalent to you fools as killing grandma. Real classy stuff, guys. At the same time, just two weeks ago, your mayors and governors were threatening to throw people in jail who violated the shelter-in-place orders. Yet today, you sit silently and opinionless, while these same mayors and governors allow large groups of non-social distancing, non-mask-wearing rioters and looters burn down your cities. You will have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage as you repeatedly attempt to restrict our right to own guns. Then you empty the prisons so these guys won't get COVID-19. Then when the rioting starts, you refuse to deploy the police to arrest and disperse the looters. Worse yet, you mock the president for offering to send in the National Guard. You order your police officers to abandon a precinct so that it can be burned to the ground. And you make idiot comments like, quote, insurance will cover whatever property damage is done. That was the Raleigh, North Carolina mayor, by the way. Nothing says you're an idiot for not buying guns and ammo like when your elected officials order the police to surrender and flee. Oh, and now you want to defund the police. Brilliant. You will have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage, as you never stand up for freedom of speech when Christian or conservative speakers are hounded, harassed, shouted down, and censored when they attempt to make speeches on college campuses. Hell, most of the time they're uninvited by the school's administration. Kind of makes you understand why they call it liberal arts, huh? You will have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage because you fail to speak out against biological males competing in women's sports. You'll have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage as we hear your cries for the elimination of borders and the abolition of immigration and customs enforcement while at the same time advocating for voting rights for non-citizens. 
And if you're foolish enough to suggest a compromise like the passage of a law restricting welfare payments to non-citizens, you scoff, jeer, and revert to your typical name-calling. You'll have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage, as many of you cheered when it was announced that Rush Limbaugh had advanced stage lung cancer. You will have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage when you refuse to condemn major social media platforms for censoring, fact-checking, deplatforming, demonetizing, and shadow-banning anyone who expresses an opinion that is not on your 3x5 card of allowable opinion. Speaking of that 3x5 card, you will have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage because on the rare occasion when a minority of us actually speak up and articulate an opinion or start asking you questions that are not on that card, you claim to be triggered by our words, you become indignant that someone would stray outside the Overton window and start name-calling, scoffing, and slandering. But you know what? We all know that those tactics are simply your cowardly way of avoiding an actual conversation or debate about the topic at hand. See, most of your positions are indefensible by most moral and logical grounds, Therefore, your only defense is to attack rather than engage in conversation. You will have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage when you ignored the obvious corruption of your party's last presidential nominee. Uh, correction. You ignore the obvious corruption of your party's last two presidential nominees. Regarding the latter, the dude braggadociously admitted his corruption at a meeting at the Council of Foreign Relations in 2018. You guys are accusing Trump of what Biden admitted to doing. And yet your incognizance and worship at the altar of moral relativism absolves you of calling balls and strikes. Because for you, it's all about the jersey the offender is wearing. Speaking of your presidential nominees, you'll have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage when, while on the one hand you refuse to acknowledge the obvious mental impairment of your current presidential nominee, while on the other hand, you repeatedly suggest that the current president be removed via the 25th Amendment. You will have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage because while you've spent the better part of four years deservedly chastising the current president for his past treatment of women, you fail to acknowledge that there is currently a credible sexual assault allegation levied against your current presidential nominee which really is not surprising given your lack of any concern for the women who one of your previous Democratic presidents sexually assaulted or raped or harassed. But at least you're consistent when it comes to politicians who wear the Democrat jersey. You just stood silently by and refused to condemn the likes of Anthony Weiner, Bob Menendez, Elliot Spitzer, Ted Kennedy, Charles Rangel, and about a dozen others with varied sexual and or lawless exploits. Along these same lines, you have to forgive the majority of Americans who don't share your outrage when you stood by and said nothing while the corporate press and national Democrats assassinated the character of Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. Oh, and you will have to forgive the majority of Americans who don't share your outrage when your current nominee for president announces that you ain't black unless you vote for him, and all you woke, racially sensitive types who are quote-unquote protesting with a bit of rioting, looting, burning, and murder mixed in don't have shit to say. If saying you ain't black unless you vote for me ain't racist to you people, then nothing is. See what I mean by a credibility gap? Hell, I think I'm being gracious by calling it a gap. You really don't have any credibility. Shall we continue, or have I made my point? Nah, let's keep going. 
You'll have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage, as you told us over and over again that the Make America Great slogan is controversial, racist, and divisive. You will have to forgive the majority of Americans for not sharing your outrage when saying all lives matter is inexplicably considered racist at worst or an intolerable sin requiring public repentance at least. You'll have to forgive the majority of Americans for not sharing your outrage as you claim over and over again that capitalism and free markets are the source of our problems and that socialism will save the country. If you're interested in those topics, check out episodes 31, 32, and 83. You will have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage as you rightfully condemn Trump for his seemingly violence-inducing rhetoric, but were mute for eight-year Obama reign when he made similar statements like, if they bring a knife to a fight, we bring a gun because, for what I understand, folks in Philly like a good brawl. I've seen Eagles fans. OMG, Obama said bring a gun. Or, quote, I need you to go out and talk to your friends and talk to your neighbors. I want you to talk to them whether they are independent or whether they are Republican. I want you to argue with them and get in their face. I think I'm triggered. Obama wants me to get in people's faces. Or, when he called rioters in Baltimore, quote, criminals and thugs. Well, then by your own standards, Obama must be a racist given the racial composition of the criminals and thugs who were rioting in Baltimore. Yet you, you who chastise us for not sharing your current outrage of the day, cannot understand that you have zero credibility. You're a farce. You are the boy that cried wolf. No one shares your outrage because you're a phony. You'll have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage, for we recognize the dual justice system that you perpetuate and root for. Some call it liberal privilege. You never stood up for the corrupt prosecution of the likes of Scooter Libby, Carter Page, or Roger Stone. To this day, you refuse to speak up for the railroading of General Michael Flynn by some of the highest-ranking intelligence and law enforcement officers in the country. You sat idly by and led the cheer while Mueller spent two years investigating the lie of Russia collusion. Worse than that, you sat silently, you sat on your hands after it became clear that the whole damn thing was a hoax. Not once did you condemn Adam Schiff for lying to the American people over years. Not once did you condemn James Clapper or call for him to be tried for perjury. You never condemned John Brennan or James Comey for telling lie after lie after lie. You literally have no standards, no principles. You sat idly by again and cheerleaded while your national leaders impeached Trump on, dare I say it, trumped up charges and lies. So let me get this straight. We are supposed to jump in the outrage foxhole with someone who didn't have the balls to speak up against the machine that was pursuing a coup against a sitting president based on lies. No thanks. You have to forget the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage. After all, what are we to think given your silence during the whole Hillary's illegal, not-so-secret email server scandal? See, the majority of Americans believe that the law should apply equally to the poorest and the least among us and to the richest and most powerful among us. But since she wore the Democrat jersey, you gave her a pass. She should have been charged with a felony, and she should be in prison today. You have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage as you sat tight-lipped as a gross abuse of veterans at VA hospitals was slowly revealed. 
If the president's name had been Bush or Trump during that scandal, your reaction would have been righteous indignation. Speaking of your silence during the Hillary email scandal, you will have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage when you ignored Kankel's Loretta Lynch meeting on the tarmac with Bill Clinton in Arizona. I'm sure nothing shady went down there, just talking about grandkids and whatnot. Speaking of Bill, you'll have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage when you have spent decades telling us that the president getting a blowjob from a 22-year-old intern is just personal, and his committing perjury when questioned about it is no big deal. Yet the standard that you hold for anyone not wearing the Democrat uniform is quite different. Are you beginning to understand why you have no credibility? See, it has nothing to do with what's happening today. You laid this trap for yourself over years and years. Here's more just from the last 10 years. You will have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage as you allowed Obama to lie right to our faces dozens of times about Obamacare. Everyone knows that everything about Obamacare was a scandal. Need I refresh your memory on all the repeated lies that Obama, the scandal-free Messiah himself, proclaimed over and over and over again? If you like your health care plan, you can keep it, was rated the lie of the year in 2013 by PolitiFact. If you want to learn more about Obamacare, check out episode 14. You will have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage as you made nary a peep when Nancy Pelosi uttered what can only be described as the most un-American sentence of the last two decades. We need to uh, pass the bill to see what's in it. What kind of people refuse to hold their leaders accountable when they basically tell the American people to sit down, shut up, you'll see the bill when your overlords are damn well ready to show it to you? You have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage because we remember how you ignored the immaturity and naivety of your Lord and Savior, Barack Obama, when he mocked the emergence of Islamic State in Syria as a minor threat compared to Al-Qaeda. Quote, if a JV team puts on a Lakers uniform, that doesn't make them Kobe Bryant. Yet that very summer, with the black-garbed Sunni militants threatening Baghdad, Obama was forced to rush U.S. troops back to Iraq and order a flurry of airstrikes to block further advance by the group, formerly known as the JV team. Guess who now controls large parts of Syria and Iraq? Speaking of the naivety of Obama, you will have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage because we remember in August 2012 when Obama publicly warned that President Bashar Assad would cross a red line if his forces used chemical weapons against rebels seeking his ouster. A year later, when poison gas attacks killed hundreds in rebel-held areas of Damascus, Obama faced a decision. Make good on his implied threat and launch cruise missiles and bombers against Syria's government and military, or back down. He chose the latter, but damn, he sounded so good when he did it. He was so cool and commanding when he announced that red line. You'll have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage, as you had nothing to say when Obama ordered the killing of a U.S. citizen, Anwar al-Liki, a cleric born in New Mexico who worked for al-Qaeda in Yemen. Obama authorized a drone strike that targeted and killed him in September 2011. Oh, and you continued your silence when U.S. drones killed at least six other Americans in attacks aimed at militants throughout the rest of Obama's reign. You have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage when you claim that what happened in Benghazi, Libya was a non-story blown up by a conservative press.
just another part of the vast right-wing conspiracy that just continues to follow Hillary. When you know damn well that if something like that happened under Trump or Bush's watch, you would want justice for Ambassador Stevens, and calls for impeachment for the president would rain down like a thunderstorm in July. You'll have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage when you ignored the Fast and Furious gun-running scheme. As a result of that scheme, Obama's Attorney General, Eric Wingman Holder, was the first sitting member of a president's cabinet in the history of the United States to have been held in contempt of Congress. And guess what? All we got from you was crickets. You have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage when you ignored the weaponization of the IRS that targeted Tea Party organizations and blocked the nonprofit 501c3 applications. Oh, and you showed indifference yet again when 25% of those Tea Party leaders were curiously audited by the IRS afterwards. Lois Lerner was one of your heroes. You have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage when you said nothing when Obama attacked the Supreme Court during one of his State of the Union addresses, because we all know that 24-7 outrage would have been feigned if Trump did the same thing. Speaking of the State of the Union, you have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage when you said nothing in fact laughed when Nancy Pelosi tore up her copy of the 2020 State of the Union address. You'll have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage when you stood by silently while Minority Leader in the Senate, Harry Reid, called a press conference and said a friend told him that Mitt Romney hasn't paid his taxes in 10 years. When he subsequently bragged about the lie, he said, quote, It worked, didn't it? Meaning, it cast doubt on Romney's character. You again stood silent, and you cheered Reid's efforts. There's something sick going on here, folks. Political power should not cost you your soul. It's politics. These people seize power and they screw everyone, including you. They don't give a shit about you. You are a useful idiot helping to promote their agenda, helping them attain more power. It's pathetic. You have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage when you stood by silently as the corporate press and the National Democrats unmercifully ridiculed Sarah Palin for a variety of reasons, but mainly challenging her intellect while remaining silent yet again, have you noticed the theme here with you being silent? So you remain silent and cheer while Palin gets annihilated, while prominent Democrat mental midgets like Barney Frank, AOC, Maxine Waters, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Harry Waxman, Al Franken, Richard Blumenthal, Barbara Boxer, Sheila Jackson Lee, Nancy Pelosi, and Alan Grayson grace the halls of Congress. Yikes. Sounds like a Star Wars bar scene. You have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage when you fail to condemn professional race baiters like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. I mean, come on. These guys have been practicing their craft for decades, and you still stand idly by and say nothing. You have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage because you spent six years claiming Bush lied, people died. Hell, I still hear you saying that to this day. This after the guy presented the evidence that the intelligence community, which was wrong, provided him with. He sent Powell to the United Nations, built a coalition, and even got congressional authorization. Not a declaration of war, of course, since Congress no longer does its job. Yet, you remain silent again as Obama approved aggressive military operations in Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, Libya, Yemen, 
Somalia, and Pakistan, and expand the drone strikes, got us involved in the Arab Spring, and oversaw the destruction of Mosul. You will have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage as you have spent decades chasing Big G God out of the public square and replacing him with a host of little G gods like wokeness or a political party or a politician or a cause or a medical procedure or the environment or the destruction of the economy or the takedown of a president. You'll have to forgive the majority of Americans who do not share your outrage because they know moral relativism is poison. They know right and wrong when they see it, and they're not jaded enough to avoid calling it what it is, regardless of who the perpetrator is. Suffice it to say, the majority of Americans would prefer civil, intellectually honest discourse. You know, that's where you state an opinion, and the other person asks a question. You then answer the question and perhaps ask one of your own. Back in the day, we used to do this all the time. No one would scoff at the other. No one would dismiss the other. No one makes false claims, whether they are demonstrably untrue or border on propaganda or just regurgitated talking points. We used to have discussions. The majority of Americans prefer to live life based on principles. They know that moral flexibility and relativism allows for highly convenient positions but little room for principles. They know that right and wrong do not have degrees. When you refuse to call evil what it is, when you refuse to call out lies, when you remain silent rather than calling out misbehavior, even by people in your tribe, you are complicit. When you refuse to acknowledge even the slightest faults of people wearing your jersey, it becomes clear who the problem is. It's not the majority, it's you. Your disdain for people who do not think like you has caused what appears to be permanent damage to certain parts of the brain. The parts where compassion and empathy resides. The part where critical thinking resides. The part where the ability to listen resides. When you marinate in the daily crisis generated by the corporate press and the National Democratic Party, a marinade comprised of animosity, negativity, pessimism, gloom, doom, dismay, misinformation, lies and propaganda, you're bound to sustain some psychological damage. At the very least, it clouds your judgment. So at the end of the day, and at the end of this episode, the point is your silence is as telling as your actions and words. Your double standard demands that you not be taken seriously by any fair-minded, truth-seeking person who would be foolish enough to do so. You will have to forgive the majority of Americans who don't share your outrage because, because you have a credibility gap. If you're looking for an easy-to-read reference guide to have on your desk or bookshelf that covers many of the topics tackled here on the TruthQuest podcast, grab a copy of my book, Critical Thinking, spelled with a P like Peter. The subtitle is The Lost Art of Critical Thinking and Common Sense in Politics and Public Policy. In it, I tackle dozens of public policy issues from a pragmatic and logical perspective. It's available at Amazon and anywhere books are sold. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for more details. And please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.